Well, welcome everybody to this first match review podcast, the FBC podcast of season 22-23. I've entitled this episode uh, Deja Vu, or the little image that appears when you view it on whatever player is your choice, because it was same old city, rarely failed to disappoint. But quite honestly, we was robbed. Referee by the name of Whitehouse, I'd be more inclined to call him something else that I won't repeat on here. The final score from the MKM Stadium, it finished... Hull City 2, City 1, disappointing. Um, I'll start with uh, Mark, who's found himself in a quiet cafe near Hull. I'm guessing in a quiet cafe, unless you're doing it from uh, your car. Um, We was robbed, weren't we? I mean, I've seen the penalty now. I wasn't watching the game myself, but I've seen it on the highlights. It was a jump more akin to something you'd see in the triple jump in the Commonwealth Games, wasn't it? I mean, you've probably seen replays now. Uh, Dreadful decision for the penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, the ball came over from number two, Coyle, who was getting a lot of the ball in the second half. I mean, really, the game was was turned on its head and Hull were doing what City were doing for the first 30 minutes. Somebody at the base of the, uh, the midfield spraying balls left and right. So the ball came into the box uh, to, to Tete. Uh, Naismith was on the floor and stuck his leg out, but Tete stepped over his foot. He was walking away from the goal, stepped over his foot, walked forward and then fell over. Yeah. In front of the referee, who's conned, there, and then, then he goes down clutching his leg like he's like you know like he's been severed from from the waist. I mean, it was just unbelievable. I mean, it, yeah, it, really, he deserved a book. He deserved a booking for diving. It, it was awful. Yeah, but that yeah. wasn't the reason City well, lost that. I mean, that wasn't the main reason City lost that game was because they. They just failed to keep, you know, to, to keep up any, uh, any, you know, the energy and momentum and possession that they showed. Wasn't there. In the 30, first, All right. 30 minutes and lacked, you know, any changes in centre and midfield, which they desperately needed come the end. They should have seen the game out. There's no yep. way Hull should have won that game. City should nope. have got at least a point. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a fair summary. And we'll talk more on the individual points in a second. Ian, I mean, look. The facts, you know, the facts don't lie at the end of the day. People will say that's the first three points loss from a winning position. But, you know, when you have a decision like that, it was right up there amongst some of the worst that we've seen, wasn't it? That decision by the referee to give it. You've seen the replay like I have now probably three or four times. And when you see it from behind the goal, it looks even worse, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't a penalty. And I mean, they won't get a luckier goal than the one they got from the from the deflection um, all season. But that's what happens when you lose control of a game. You concede too much possession, and you don't um, uh, you don't get enough shots in, and you don't put enough pressure on the other side, and you don't dominate in midfield. Um, and you don't manage the ball properly. We were really sloppy, probably for the first 25 to 30 minutes of the second half. The subs improved it. I thought Conway looked quite bright when he came on. But, you know, we, we did we really test their goalkeeper? You know, Martin in the first half, great cross, cross from sight, so I thought I had a fine game. Um, whipped the ball over, nice header by Martin downwards. Keeper made a decent save, dive into his right. Then I think we hit the post at a different time. I can't remember who did it. Um, but then again, so did they, and uh, we just, you know, when when that goal came, no matter how it came from that penalty, 
you could see it coming. And, and oh, you could, God, yeah. You could yeah. see the winner coming. So the first half, we were better for about the first 35 minutes. Um, and then it, it went back to same old city, I'm afraid. And the problem, no doubt we'll come on to discuss it, but the problem we've got, I'm telling you now, is central midfield. We, we It doesn't dominate and it doesn't defend and it doesn't control well enough. Well, and, it, um, and, and we will talk about that in depth because is that the people or is it the numbers, a.k.a. how the side is set up? Mark, uh, Ian, I'll stick with you. Uh, the lineup, um, no real surprises. Viner got the nod ahead of uh, Tim. Uh, Viner being the only fit right-sided uh, man in a, able to play in a three. Um, no surprises in that lineup. Scott, I thought, was disappointed today playing in behind the front two. Uh, Sykes uh, starting the game as he did against uh, Bournemouth. But your thoughts on the starting lineup? It was pretty much as everybody was predicting, wasn't it? Yeah, it was exactly what I thought we'd do. Um, if if Wilson wasn't fit to um, if Wilson wasn't fit to start the game, which he looked fine when he came on. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, no no surprises there. I thought Scott. I think we need to be honest. People have been banging on about him being a ten. I'm really not so sure. I think he'd be better off push back into one of the midfield positions, and perhaps we could try that if we've got a midweek game. Put him in Masengo in there, see if they do any difference. Because you know we need something, somebody in midfield with some creativity and some quality. Having said that, Scott is not the best defender, and this isn't under 18s. This is men's football. Um, yeah. So. But I, I don't see James and Williams doing that job long term for 90 minutes. They might be able to do it for 60 at a push, but then we need something better on the bench to either start the game or replace them after 60 minutes. Because I, I thought we lost a lot of control of that game when it would have been a, an easy, easy-ish game to control because we did for the first half an hour. Yep, definitely. Mark, your thoughts on the lineup? I mean, Scott played in the position where everybody wanted him to play because the talk earlier in the week was, oh, we'll play him at right wing back. And because Sykes has had a good pre season, but then with Wilson being not fit for a full 90 minutes, he, he got what he wanted. James and Williams in the middle of the park, De Silva, uh, a strongish bench uh, to a point, although with Campering still injured, no cover on that left-hand side. What what were your thoughts when you saw the team uh, listed out in front of you? I thought, um, you know, fair enough. Uh, that was, you know, that was a team that started against uh, Bournemouth last week and we got a good 1-0 win there. I think we surprised a lot of people. The biggest surprise, I think, for people was that Zach Viner played it, uh, it right centre-back and people were, weren't expecting him to feature after last season. But I think that was probably the, the best the best side that he, that he could pick. Unless you put Masengo for for, uh, for for Williams, maybe I, I, I don't know. But with with Semenyo out, it didn't leave you a lot of options up front. But I think we 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 missed you know missed Vyman's ability to play behind a front two, but we also missed Semenyo's ability to be able to hold the ball up. Uh, mm. I mean, Scott just wasn't in the game really, bar a couple of nice dribbles. Yeah, he did a good dribble down the left side he, a couple of times and he an won outlet. the free kick he, for the goal, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, we were looking for an outlet and we I think we stopped because we were worried, more worried about getting offside rather than perhaps playing the ball inside the full back mm. and, and running on and running onto it. 
but yeah, he didn't have his his best game because we at the start of the game we were preferring to play the ball wide to the silver and and Atkinson. Atkinson was pushing high up the pitch and supporting the silver on the left hand side, which I thought was quite interesting. With mm. Matt James dropping back, uh, you know, in 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 the hole. But it's just a strange game, really, uh, David and, and Ian. I mean, Dan Bentley had n- little to do in that game at all. Dodd up, you know, one save in the first half when he came off his line quickly. Was sitting with yeah. Eric caught very square by the pass from John Michael Serry. But they just lacked any energy, real energy. And, and Which we're meant to have this super fit squad now. But well, as it, you've just why, said, why you've you've got one, you've got a decent central midfielder on on the bench in Basengo. Well, he was the only central midfielder. You could have brought him on for either James or Williams because they were both flagging at the end of the game, not making an impression at all. It really yeah. needed something different. No, you're right. We, we, we didn't bring him on. I don't think no. bringing another forward on would have made a lot of difference. I thought... Well, you could have taken a forward off. Day. You could have taken a forward off. I mean, i got to take issue with you when you say we haven't got many options up front. we still got Naki Wells on the bench, and I'm not saying he could have come on. Well, but you no, could I have mean, brought... Start, yeah, you could, start, yeah, start, you could have bought Chris again. Martin. Yeah, you could have bought Chris Martin off for the last 10 minutes because his legs are gone. I mean, if you look at that goal that was the winner from behind the goal, he was the closest of our players facing Seri. Martin facing his own goal, but nobody rushed out to challenge it. We'll come on to that in a minute. Ian, um, Zach Viner, sorry, Ian, Zach Viner got the vote in the back three. He created the goal with that cross box header. He was lucky that a penalty wasn't given against him before we got that goal, wasn't he? But other than that, talk about his performance today. I thought, I thought Zach was, uh, Zach was okay. He he did a, he, he, he did a decent job. Um, he supported Sykes very well, and, and that wasn't the side that the main threat was coming down. The main threat was coming down Jada Silver's side. Um, and in the second half, their uh, right-sided midfielder, right wing-back, um, became a real threat down that side and kept getting down there and kept crossing the ball. Um, and, and one thing I will say about Jada Silver, yes, he got high up the pitch. Yes, he got forward. Uh, quite well, but some of his crossing was abysmal. Yeah, you know, if you compare it to Wilson or Sykes, it's just no comparison. So that that's something that that we need to look at. If you're going to play your wing backs high, they've got to be able to get in, into good attacking positions, and they've got to be able to cross the ball. And Jay's crossing today was poor. His overall game defending wasn't too bad. I don't think he was brilliant. Uh, uh, he had a shot wide bad. as well, didn't he? Quite late on, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, was, it was about sort of... you know. To be honest, he didn't hit the right side of the ball, and it, and it swung wide of the far post. If he'd have hit the other side of the ball with his instep, then it would it would have bent back, and he'd have had more chance of it in the post and going in. But it was a, I mean, fair play. It wasn't a miss it cross like the one at Stoke. It was a, it was a proper shot. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I think there isn't. Uh, that much we can do. Have, have we? Have, when have we got a midweek game this week? I'm no, we haven't. No, we haven't. So for for the Sunderland game, um, I'd be putting Sykes in as a ten and playing Wilson right back and and leaving Scotty on the bench at the moment, and then perhaps bringing him on in central midfield uh, when Williams or James tired, or even possibly starting him instead of one of them, um, because we we need to find a way where we can be more offensive and more dangerous uh, going forward. And I don't think uh, James and Williams are those players. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, Mark, the uh, that opening half hour. Yeah. I th- well, we got the goal on the half hour, and we just about deserved it. Just prior to it, Hull was starting to get back into the game. I mean, they didn't look a great side, Hull. They looked like a team for the early, very early stages. So they literally had met in the car park before the match, which is pushing it a little bit, but not that far from uh, not that far from the truth. But you know, you'd expect more of our midfielders and you know is this thing about joe williams being you know the superstar in midfield i think chris honest said in one of our pieces with him you know he's he's good but is 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 he is he the answer are him and james good enough as a two what do you think to that mark well i I think you know they 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 were they they will they will do okay for a, a portion of the match, but that's why you have a you have a squad. You know you can bring you can bring players on to replace them, and 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 that was it. They you know they lost the ability to keep that it was keeping possession that was poor. When we were going forward, our decision making in possession was very poor, uh, and you know the ability to keep it and pass and move, and I think you know you're looking for the midfield to to, to hold that that together. Or, or you make changes, and that comes down to the manager. He could have made mm. made, the, made the changes, but Holt, it was like I said. Regardless of that, Hull didn't look like they were going to score unless it was a bit a bit of a fluke. But you've you know it's just that decision making uh, that it was they, they you know yeah. they, they, it was quite quite quick to replace Alex Scott uh, with Tommy Conway. Fair enough, Scott was ineffective. He had to take Sykes off because Ali um, basically kicked him out of the game. Poor oh, he was being first. battered all over the place, How Sykes, wasn't booked. he? Yeah. How he did yeah. get booked, God only knows. The referee had set so much go today. Aerial challenges, you know, physical challenges, Figueredo, uh, Figueredo uh, Graves and uh, and uh, and Ali and made, made, you know, challenges that could, that could have brought bookings and he, and he did nothing. Uh, it was a challenge on Atkinson when he was pulled down as well in the air, in the area. The referee was very lenient today, and Hull got a bit lucky. But City was sloppy again. You know, it was right at the end of the game. They should have closed down that ball, that that, uh, that closer heads the ball forward, and he slowed. We're just slow to react, very slow to react. Well, he so, was the first. He was the one who'd headed it, and he was the first one who did make that jump forward. Uh, we we'll come back on uh, the the goal in a minute, Ian. Uh, after City had conceded. Um, the equaliser, they didn't wilt because, you know, it could have been so different if that shot from Andy Wyman had gone in. I wasn't sure whether it was an instinctive save by the keeper or whether it did hit the post because he's good in those tight angles, Andy, isn't he? And that was the the main chance that we had, wasn't it? Yes, before that shocking uh, deflected equaliser. Yeah, it was. I mean, overall, we had, uh, I think we had 10 shots and four of them were on target and that's not enough. Um, so, you know, I'd be looking at getting our, we, we've got dangerous forwards. We need to create opportunities and get them on the ball. When, when we do, we look a threat, but we don't do that enough. And once again, I'll bring you back to, uh, the midfield and I'm, I'm including Alex Scott in that. So, you know, it's not, you, you've got to play the team most, most likely to win the game. And I just don't think, um, if I was picking, as I said, if I was picking a side against Sunderland, I'd, I'd, I'd tell you what I'd do. Until Antoine comes back, uh, if we're not going to sign anybody, if we're not going to sign anybody, then, you know, we go with what we got. Um, um, but you've got to get the right numbers on the field. Another thing I might look at doing is possibly playing Tim Closer um, to the left 
of Cal Naismith because he's played there before and that might bring a, a, a more calming influence. But I don't really think the defence and goalkeeper were, were poor. Uh, I think no. where, we, where we lost out in the second half is, in, is really in midfield with a lack of creativity. It's all right having wide players, you know, wing-backs that get high up the pitch. You, you've got to give them the ball. Yeah, that, that's the point. You 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 know, it's no good having uh, Wilson thirty yards up the pitch in, in front of, uh, in front of the mid, midfield, uh, in front of Viner, and and not being able to give him the ball. Um, well, you said I remember you saying once, Ian, in the second half that Williams picked up the ball in the centre circle, and instead of driving it forward, he literally did lay it square and. the the player he passed it to was under pressure. It actually ended up going backwards or maybe even laid it back. But I thought he yeah. was in effect. I'm not going to say poor. That's too strong a word, but I thought he was ineffectual. And the same with James, you know, we, we, we yeah. know James can't do 90 minutes. Uh, he's what is he two or three years younger than Andy King, but he can't do 90 minutes at this intensity. And when we talk about how fit, our team is, you know, and yet here we are, we're talking about them running out of steam in the middle. There's something wrong there, isn't there? Yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's, it's not a question of, of, of running out of steam. A lot of it's about um, ability and, and that mental fortitude. So and that natural instinct of a player, you know, right, I've got the ball, I'm in midfield, no one's on me, which way am I going? Because anybody can go sideways Back. or backwards. Yeah. You know, get on the ball. What's the first first thing you want to do? Look forward. Can I see a pass? Yeah. Losing space. Now, sometimes you a player can do that, move forward, and no one's in space. And you think, oh, that well, then that's not his fault. Players have got to make the runs. And, and one thing that Hull did today is they did make some nice runs in uh, outside to in and inside to out. They're, and we, in fairness, we made some as well when we were when we were playing well, but we just didn't do it often enough. No. You know, you can see that. But they finished the game after we dominated the first uh, the first 30, 30 odd minutes. They finished the game with ten percent more possession than us. Yeah. And, and, and I look, yeah. like I, I don't think I didn't look at them today. Like I looked at Burnley last night, and I thought, oh blimey, they're half decent. I looked at Hull today, and I thought. Nah, there for the well, a bit bang average, but they grew into the game because yes, we did. let them. We let them. That's what no, it was. There we was let nobody them. stopping Seri. Uh, there was no. There was no pressing. We were just. We were just standing off. I mean, the first half we looked very comfortable uh, with a with a back five. The shape of the t- the team looked good, but it was just noticeable in the second half that Williams and and James just faded out of the game. Yeah, really, really faded out yeah. of the game, and there was only one. There was only one specialist midfield player on the bench. Now I think we got uh, Josh Hours, uh, who's you know who's a I think is, is he a central midfielder? He is. Him? He's a defensive. He's he, he, but he's got le- he's got energy. Player. He's we got need, energy. We need we need to we, you know we, we and, and Andy King. I don't know whether he's he's not available, but he wasn't on the bench today. I don't know whether he's not fit or just out, out of contention. But we, we need needed something different. You know, Eddie, Eddie Jones talked about starters and finishers. We just needed some finishers today just to see the game out because that game yeah. was there for the taking. Good yeah. save at the near post at the end uh, from Andy Vyman. But it was just really poor decision-making from, from City. Very poor decision-making when they were on the ball and from the management 
when they when, when they could have made well, substitutions. Yeah, we'll talk about subs in a minute. Mark, I mean, I, I thought, you know, and I hold my hands up, I thought that was a all that criticism I was levelling at Andy a year ago, like runs around a lot. <laughs> he absolutely proved me wrong. And I thought he had a good, he, he showed some good energy today and it was a cracking finish that he got. So I thought he had a good game. How did you rate Chris Martin? Because other than that early header, and I think there was a header where he flick, did one flick on in the second half, I thought he was bang average. And if you're looking to bring extra legs on in the last five minutes and run the clock down, right, you could have bought Naki Wells on for him or even in those very closing stages, this is all about game management, bought in Hanoa Masengo because Martin's legs are gone or he used up all his energy even 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 Andy Vyman with the winning goal he was on the edge of the box and you could see him he just knew he wasn't going to get there to close the to close the player down but but Mark how Mark how did you see how did you see Chris Martin's performance today I don't think he got a lot of service to be quite honest I mean he had a he had a header in the first half away away from from the goal I mean if you you're not he's not one to be played into the channels and this is against Hull City and he's a he's playing against a central defender that's uh, you know can give him a five yard start and make him look like Usain Bolt uh, it, I don't think he'd be had that bad a game but whereas you know when we operate with with uh, somebody like Semenyo he's better with his back to, back to goal we didn't have anything like that so Feynman and and uh, and, uh, and Martin didn't work very well together, but our crossing is poor. We either hit the ball over over players, um, and we never we never seem to play the play play the ball hard across the box, or play the ball back for a, a running midfielder. Uh, we're just not very very clever with our with, you know, with our with our final ball really. Uh, that, that that's something we we got to sort out because we're yeah. really going to miss Semenyo on that evidence. Well, he's going to be out. He's going to be out for this run of games, isn't he? Before the end of the month, which is fifteen percent of the season, seven games gone. Uh, Ian, your, your thoughts on Chris Martin uh, uh, today? You know, he had a chance that drew an early save, um, and I'm not being critical of Chris James. Martin. Uh, I'm just, sorry, Matty. Je- I'm I'm just saying, Chris Martin. Seems if he can walk, he plays the full ninety minutes. It's very rare that he's taken off, and the side wouldn't have lost anything by taking him off with ten minutes to go to bring Hanoa Masengo in. So you know Tommy Conway could have played up by himself for a few minutes, or even Naki Wells if you want to keep the number of strikers on there. So uh, Ian, your thoughts on uh, Chris Martin today? Well, one issue with bringing Han on is he's never going to score a goal. Uh, but he might have stopped the flow of their football through midfield and closed them down um, more actively. So that's something he could have done. Tommy Conway looked all right um, when he came on, but in all fairness, he he didn't look like scoring. Um, so it, it, it's a difficult one. Um, if you if you look at the two goals they scored, one was never a penalty, and the other one probably. You know, a couple of people in the crowd got a touch on it before it went in. So it, that, that is one of those things that, that just happens. Um, I think always seems to happen. Always seems to happen to us, though. Ian, oh, it happens, it? Happens, to every, happens to everybody over the course yeah. of the season, Dave, and it will even itself out. We'll get, you know, we'll be outplayed in winning or we'll score yeah, a goal with, with an outrageous deflection. It's just, you know, it's just a, a kind of shit happens thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, 
But no, I, I'm looking at what, well, what do we do going forward? We know what players we need. Um, I, I'm probably a little bit different from some people because I, I say we need a, a, without anybody going out, we, we need a striker. And it needs to be someone either, uh, you know, a, a, we need a nine uh, in case anything happens to Chris Martin. I thought Chris Martin had an okay game. I don't think he had a great game. Um, but neither did anybody else, in my opinion. So I wouldn't be... I think what we need with Chris Martin is somebody to play up front when he's not available. So he's not playing every single game. Uh, and but, I don't think... I don't think we. I, I know Brian Tinian thinks Tommy Conway could do it and we could give Tommy a try. But if I was picking a team against Sunderland from what we've got available, then he'd be in the team. Chris Martin would? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Um, and I, I'd go, as I said, I'd go for Martin Vyman in Sykes. I'd play it a little bit differently in that uh, if we were if we were good enough. I think our main, but like I say, our main problem is that lack of real creativity, vision in forward passing from midfield. And I, tr- Ian, just to, well, not to pick you up on there, just to add to what you said there, even if you put that, Matt, even if you put Hanoa alongside James and Williams, you ain't got, a particularly creative passer in there, have you? Still, you've, yeah. got the, you've got the extra pair of legs, but you haven't got the creative passer that we so desperately need. You haven't got that on the left side. Yeah, I, this this insistence with this 3-5-2, and you berated me last week saying, well, they ain't going to change the shape of the side because they've practised all that in pre-season, right? Yeah. But for me, for me, right, if somebody said, well, it's not going to happen, obviously, how do you line up against Sunderland? Then I would say Benson goal, obviously. I'd go Wilson, uh, Wilson, Close, Atkinson and Naismith in a four, in a four. And then in the middle, in the middle, you know, I'd have, he's going to start with Williams and James, but I play, um, you know, Scott in there in a three. And then you could even play Sykes wide on the right. So it's like a four, four, two. With Vyman, okay, he's going to pick Martin. But this, we, we just seem, you, both of you have said there's not enough crosses coming in from Jada Silva. And one of you said they targeted Jada Silva. Why are they targeting Jada Silva? Because he's not a bad football, well, but he's I, not very big. No, I said they targeted, I, they targeted Mark, Mark, Mark uh, I said they targeted Mark Sykes. I mean, they, they, yeah. they played crosses behind the Silva because he's never going to head them. It was, uh, it was, it, it was, um, it was Greaves. Oh, no, it wasn't. It was Coyle. Sorry, on the on the right hand side, who was who was given us problems in the in the second oh, half. Yeah, the ball was getting behind him. Exactly what we were doing in the first half, getting getting Sykes behind. They did exactly the same. Just played that ball over midfield behind, you know, uh, behind behind the the wing the wing back, uh, and you know, get, getting crosses in. But they didn't do anything either. It was funny. I mean, neither side created much chances and neither goalkeeper had anything to do. I mean, Ingram yeah. had more had more saves to make, real real saves, and they just got lucky, but it's just that... It, it's well, that here's, another, here's another thought, chaps. You know, what do we think of this? What if, okay, sticking with the three at the back, right, what about Viner, close experience in Atkinson, and the versatile Naismith, you put him in the middle? Well, I, I, I wouldn't. I think you're panicking a bit. I, no, I'm not panicking. Be... I'm just trying to. I'm trying to. 
you know, we've everybody said the midfield lacked energy or something like that. Let's bring Naismith into the middle. He's a versatile well, player. Why would you? Yeah, but why would you cock up the defence to strengthen midfield? We've had too much of that over the years. Now I disagree with you. And, and as for playing Naismith left back. Could he play there? No, this yeah. wasn't playing him. No, this wasn't playing him left back. That was one suggestion, altering the shape of the side, which isn't going to happen. But you yeah. could play Naismith in the middle, even if it's for half a game, you know, and take Naismith playing the middle instead of Matty James for the last half hour. Yeah, if you're going to stick with two and maintain the shape, because you've got the players to do to do that. Well, you yeah, could, yeah, but we don't play. Remember, we don't play three-five-two. We play three-four-one-two. Now, if you want to play three-five-two, you leave out your ten, and and uh, and you play three narrow in midfield. So you put Masengo or Sykes. I'd probably be inclined to put Sykes in the centre of midfield in a three narrow, um, along with probably uh, James and Masengo. Uh, because then at least you've got Sykes who will get run forward and will get past the ball. If you play Masengo, James and Williams, they don't get forward and they don't get past the ball no. and they don't score goals. No. So you, you'd be solid. I'll, I'll give you, your, you know, you, you'd be solid enough. But no, I think, I think Naismith is a good defender. I think that's his best position, uh, either in the middle. You know, I, I would play him in the middle. I mean, if Callas was fit, it would be Callas, Naismith, uh, and and either Atkinson or closer because I think closer is one of those funny players who's right-footed, but he looks Better more comfortable mm. as a left centre back. John Terry was always played on the left of a middle two. Um, I'd either play even though he's in, right-footed, right? Okay. Even though he was right-footed, and it's strange. Some people there was a guy called Dave Clements always used to play left back, and and he was as right-footed as they come. So it can oh, work. Q- QPR player, yeah. Yeah, he and play for Coventry as well. His dad, his dad was is that Paul Clement, isn't it, who uh, failed as a manager at Derby County amongst other places? Yeah, I think that I think that might be his son. I'm not sure. His son, sorry, his son is Paul Clement. Yeah. That's, that's right. There was the player. Yeah, no, sorry, Dave Clement was a Coventry City player years and years ago, wasn't he? Fairhead lad. Yeah, there was, a, there was a there was a Clement who played at right back for QPR for years, and his son is the coach. Sorry. Got off at a tangent there, showing our age. Uh, or I am, or we are. Um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, we said this before the game. It would help us out a hell of a lot. <laughs> and his value's probably gone down a few points today. But it would help us a hell of a lot if somebody did come in for Scott, wouldn't it? Because, you know, not 20 million, but 14 million with add-ons based on appearances. Yeah. We can sort the midfield out at a stroke then, can't we? If we're saying that's where the problem is. What do you think, Mark? Right, can you just say that last bit again? Uh, Scott, right? It would it would be, you know, there'd be howls of we're letting our best players go. But if we're saying we need to shake up the middle, yeah, and by and large, we're quite happy with what we've got up front, particularly when Semenyo comes back. But if we want to shake up the middle... If somebody came in with an offer for Scott that was, it won't be 20, but it was, say, 14 million plus add-ons that could bring it up to 20, yeah? we Nigel would have money to spend and you could go out and sort out the 
problems that we've got. Who agrees with that out of you to You first, Mark. Yeah, I think, that... I think that, yeah, they could do that. First of all, somebody's got, got, got to offer the money, and I think there's probably only been mild in, inquiries so far. But the sad, sad, I mean, the sad point is that we, we're not going to be able to spend any money until until we sell players. I mean, there's, a, there's you know, the, you know where it's, could somebody come in from Naki Wells and likely, uh, you know, that would take it, you know, or Callas. You know that would save some. No, no, Mark, money. nobody's going to come in for Callas no, no, because no, he's, no. Not, well, yeah, he's not. He's well, not fit. Yeah, they're not going to come in before before the end of transfer transfer deadline. Yeah, they're not going to well, come in. We'd be lucky if anybody comes so in only, for Callas. So Wells Wells gets taken. Say, the, the, you know, the, the, hypothetically, Wells gets gets signs for somebody a huge loss, and his wages uh, gets get taken. You know, get take get taken away, uh, or one of our old players gets sold on, and we you know we we make. Uh, we get some money from uh, from from the, the the profit, or somebody comes in. Somebody comes in for Alex Scott because he's our most saleable asset. Because Semenyo's in, injured, I think he's our only saleable asset right at now. At the moment, yeah. But there isn't. There's no way we're going to be able to going to go going to be able to acquire anybody in this transfer window unless we sell somebody. So we're stuck. We're stuck with what we got. And at the moment, based on that, we need some more legs in midfield. Why he didn't bring Masengo on the day? Somebody but left a message uh, here to say that you know were they just did did they not play well to Masengo because they want to be moved on? Well, who, who, who knows? Who knows? You you know you have to get into the mind of uh, of Nigel, Nigel, Pearson. Of Nigel Pearson, yeah, Pearson for that. who's left? It's who's, not. Who's yeah, Ian, have your to? say. Have your say. You know, what? would it be would it be a a convenience if we had an offer for Scott that was acceptable? And then, and that could happen, as you say, the transfer windows another five weeks as near as damn it, yeah. before it shuts. Somebody comes in for Scott, and we got some money to spend. Yeah, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, a go into a fire sale situation. No, no, I'm not saying a fire sale. I'm just saying yeah. a but, right no, offer I, I for Scott. If someone comes in with a with a really exceptional bid, which is what Pearson said and Richard Gould said it would need to be, someone comes in. And says right, twenty million rising to twenty five. Um, mind you, I mean I'm not being funny. If you were a scout and you went and watched him today, you, you wouldn't pay five million for him. No, that's just bit that I don't. You know, I'm a big fan of Alex Scott, but I'm just trying to be honest. Um, you know, there is there's always this, this this tendency when we've got a young player to think he's this, that, and the other, and then but I've seen I've seen a lot of those uh, over the years, and sometimes they don't actually come to much now I don't think Scott's in that league but I wouldn't give him away but he needs to be we need to find the right position and having watched more of him watched him play for England I know it's not men's football um, having him in a central midfield position would be easier now that would be easier if we switched to 3-5-2 because then you've got you've got two other midfielders in there with him so he can be the more attacking one um but uh, yeah, someone came in with with an exceptional offer. What's exceptional? What, what's what's an acceptable? Stroke I, I would say I, I would say twenty million plus add-ons. So how do you rate Scott alongside Jed Spence, who went to Tottenham? Different player, different position, but thirteen yeah. million quid. Who had well, a stalking season it's, in a promotion-winning side? And it's, yeah? it's fifteen million rising to twenty. Is that you're saying that for for Scott, yeah? For Spence, that's what it was. Fifteen rising twenty. Well, is Spence yeah. 
on that scale, if somebody said 15 rising to 20 for Scott, yeah, we take it. You take it. Um, it would depend on how we got to 20. Because we've seen with add-ons that Bobby Reed went out with add-ons we didn't get. Joe Bryan went out with add-ons that we didn't get. Um, strangely enough, Sammy Smoddix went out with an add-on that we might get. And we would get really a, 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 a shit ton of money if uh, Webster, Lloyd Kelly or, or Josh Brainill moved on. So that that is something that could happen that could if you will, save us financially without anyone leaving. And it would give Nigel Pearson um, yeah. some money to spend. So, and I'm not desperately unhappy with any of his signings um, that he's paid money for. I, you know, I'm I, I, I clear we shouldn't have signed Danny Simpson, who's now gone. And I wouldn't have given uh, Andy King a new playing Another contract. contract. No. But, no. But that, besides that, we didn't pay any money for him. So no, that's true. Um, I no, I, I mean, if if we did that, yes, it it would it would solve a problem. I mean, players going out like Naki Wells, say he went out, somebody gave us five hundred grand for him or a million, and he went out and he saves you another million in in salary. Yeah. That might that might be a um, a boost, but it depends who's available and what you can do with it. Well, that's the thing: who's available and whoever comes in. It, we we created Lee Johnson with this. They've got to be better than what we've got. And you said, Ian, earlier about having signing a player that is an understudy to Chris Martin, right? Now, well, you, no, I didn't say about an understudy. I said somebody. Well, when that Martin's could play... not available, but but when Martin's not available, well, don't yeah. forget you you can be not not an understudy, but we need another number nine. Now you either sign one like similar to him, if you want to call it a target man or a back to goal striker. Or you sign another guy like Semenyo and slightly change the way where you play and you play the ball down the channel and they make powerful runs in behind and they get the ball at their feet and they turn. And Chris Martin's not like that, but but you can do it in a different way. I mean, when we played Sheffield United, they ran rings round us at Ashton Gate um, and they never had a forward out there. But they did it with small guys who, who could really shift and really move and really play football. Yeah. But... You know, uh, we know we were going to miss Antoine. We know we're going to miss Thomas Callas. We know we know that they're not available. They can't play. Yeah. So that's why I say we need a right centre back, a really good defensive yeah. midfield player, and a number nine. That would make our side a lot stronger. Well, hang, and, hang, uh, hey, Ian, you say a number nine, and you're classifying oh. Chris Martin as a number nine. Yes. Yeah. All right. So, do we go out? I mean, if you if we'd have gone out and signed the lad from Rotherham that was much mooted, somebody like him, yeah, Michael he would have cost us half a million, I can't remember his name now, he'd have cost us half Michael a million Smith. quid. He wouldn't, Michael, have cost right. us, he wouldn't have cost us anything, Dave, because he's out of contract. All right, he's, he's out of contract, it. he went somewhere well, else. Though. Right. Sheffield Wednesday on a free Martin, Martin is, whichever way you look at it, he is a first pick for the manager. So mm-hmm. if you get somebody, if you get somebody that's going to be available when Martin isn't available, Right, mm-hmm. he isn't going to be as good as Martin because if he was, well, he'd be yeah, in the starting well, lineup. Dave, Dave, you you go out and you pick a player, and he might might be younger than Chris Martin. Let's say that the bloke you pick is twenty seven, and Chris Martin's thirty two, isn't he? Um, yeah. Then yeah. you you put him in, and you think, right, is he as good as Chris Martin? If he is, 
he could take Chris Martin's place. And Chris Martin is your impact player from the bench. At the moment, if Chris Martin gets an injury, and I think the other reason that, that Pearson keeps, keeps him in the side is his, is his head in from, from defending corners. That's another reason that he's out there at the end and he doesn't Well, he was nowhere. Like, sorry, like, Ian. He was like Fammy. Yeah. Yeah, well, Fammy, but I have to say, was he. I, I'm trying to. I see the goal again, but I'm trying to work out where Chris Martin was when the ball was being cleared by close for the corner. I need to look at that again. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm just challenging what you're saying, Ian. I'm not being. I'm not being critical about it because who. You know, if you look at some of our players on paper. It's not it. We we were happy with the lineup by and large when it kicked off. Yeah. So any yeah. player that's come in has got to be capable of displacing who's already there, and those players are going to cost money if they're better. Now we did a good thing where we picked up Naismith and Wilson as free transfers. They were out of contract, free transfers. But you know yeah. both of those will start because they're better than than what we have in those positions. You know, I'm I'm just worried at the manager's insistence on always playing Chris Martin. And nobody's going to come here if they know that unless Chris Martin, you know, does an ACL, he'll always be in the lineup because the manager has a certain way of playing. We saw it towards the end of last season, the last six games. Yeah. He didn't give Chris Martin a rest. He could have done. What do you say, Mark? Yeah, this isn't criticism of Chris Martin. I'm just saying we can alter how we play slightly without having this insistence on this player who's a good player, but he's not getting any younger and his legs are not what they were even when he first signed for us. Mark, your thoughts yeah, on I think that? Yeah, I think, you know, he contributed a few goals last season, but yeah, I think it's getting increasingly difficult for 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 Chris Martin, but today he didn't get he didn't get the service, and the other thing is there isn't anybody with his with his his physicality. Maybe not his his uh, his height because he's only about five ten. He's he's, he not, he's not at all. He's not he's not the tallest player, strangely enough. And we, I think he's better sometimes with the ball at his feet. We we insist on playing the ball up to his head, when I think he's he can be better on the ground. Um. He's, you know, he, he he's he's good with the ball at his feet. He's got a good good shot on him. But you know, he needs he needs better service. But the problem with City is, are there players ready to come in? Uh, you know, Tommy Conway. I don't think he's ready yet. He hasn't played. You know, he's he's played a few games, good games on the bench. And at the moment, you think he really what he really needs is is a is a is a is a loan to play play football regularly, perhaps in League One. But we can't afford that because. Uh, He's ahead for some reason ahead of Nappy Wells and the packing order, but he's not good. He's not good enough, and really there aren't the players. Uh, it's worrying in, in midfield to, to, to you know to, mm. to create chances for the likes of likes of Chris Martin. So there are issues there. Yeah, who'd be a football points. manager, Ian? Hey, you wouldn't want to be a football manager, would you? I, I would, I would for the money, dear and Dave. Yeah, I'd, I'd, be a football, <laughs> I'd be a football manager tomorrow. I've done a lot right. more difficult jobs than that. I can tell you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Look, we we don't want to. We say we we can try and pick a side for next Saturday, uh, and it's going to be a cracking game. I think there's going to be there's over twenty three thousand tickets sold already. Uh, if they does uh, that include does that include Sunderland? I think so. Well, if it doesn't, then there's Sunderland. Sunderland have sold three. Yeah, Sunderland. You know, Sunderland always travel in numbers. Uh, you know, they they 
which which is absolutely fantastic. Well, I know we gave him three thousand three hundred, but I think if you if it's three thousand three hundred plus our thirteen thousand plus season ticket holders, we haven't sold many pay on the day, have we? Well, pay on the yeah, day is what well, that's still different to walk up on. They, I think they're saying it's twenty three thousand now. So you know, if you have yeah, people... but that would um, that would leave three three thousand available. What I'm saying, if they've had three thousand three hundred. And we keep seeing this number quote over thirteen thousand. Well, how many is it? Thirteen thousand in four. Thirteen and a half. It is, is it? Yeah, that's the figure that Nigel Pearson said. Thank you to the thirteen and a half thousand people who've purchased season tickets. There we go. Thirteen and a half thousand plus three thousand three hundred Sunderland fans. Call that seventeen thousand. It's sixteen thousand eight hundred, right? You've got 16,800, and we're saying how many tickets of, of, of how many well, people Well, they say there's 23,000 being sold. Right. So you, you've you got uh, that number, uh, minus 23,000. It's 6,200 <laughs> tickets we've sold over and above what, over and above well, our season. We'll see. Ticket. We'll see. And we'll what, see. So I think capacity down there for a football game is about 26. Yeah. Isn't it because of the segregation in one thing and another and the cameras? Yeah. So I, I, still, I think it's going to be, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. It'd it's be a great really atmosphere and, and a brilliant atmosphere. And and but it's it's a game we need to. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll watch Sunderland play. They're they're on the telly on Sunday, aren't they? I'll watch them yeah. play, and then let let's look at and no doubt Mr. Pearson. Uh, are they at home? Sunderland are at home to Cov. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and commentary are a decent side. Play good football. Well, they've got yeah. so, Palmer now. They're bound to be, aren't they? Oh, wonderful. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, let's let let's have a look at them and see see what they do, um, and then then we'll you know we'll we'll see what what we need to do not only to stop them, but what we need to to create more chances, be more offensive, and. And, and and get some goals and get off to a winning start at home. I think that's really important. Yeah, no, get off to a winning start at home. As we talk, I can just see West Brom have equalised with a goal from Jonathan Swift set up by Jed Wallace. That's what uh, that's what parachute payments do for you. They allow you to go out and buy players like that, that, you know, of the calibre that if we're really going to do anything other than growing our own, we should be out well, there getting. It I mean, ain't ever going to happen. Hull uh, spent eight million on players. Uh, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say that they you know they they, they were necessary. For, uh, for no, but they're players that are unknown they quantities. Four million on Turfan, yeah, two fan, two for Turfan, and uh, are they are they are they spent you know they had on loan last season they spent just over four million on him and you know got. Surrey but didn't they sell fan. somebody? What didn't they sell somebody well, they for twenty King million Lewis, quid? King Lewis, yeah, they sold. Sorry, they did sell King Lewis. So you know that that they, we we could be as profit glut prolific whatever the word is with our money. If we sold uh, Alex Scott for that money, you know, because look at their midfielder, that Figueredo, you know, we'd love somebody like him in well, the side. I mean, is he a defender? All right, then. Yeah, central All right. defender. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Sarri. How much did they How much did they pay for Sarri? He came on the free transfer from Fulham. They out of contract? Out a few times. Yeah, yeah, he was a, he was a free. Out of he contract knew. on a free? Yeah, yeah I imagine he yeah, could. Yeah, you, you don't know what kind of money he's earning, Dave. He might be up there on 25 grand a week. We weren't going to yeah. pay that. Yeah, right. Okay. Because that would be a player you'd want somebody like him. Yeah, it'd be like Hanno and Masengo on steroids. I mean, Ian, how are we going to feel if Wednesday week, not next Wednesday, Wednesday week, we've 
lost on the opening day. Perish the thought we've lost to Sunderland. Perish the thought. Yeah. Or we've drawn, having been 2 0 up and thrown a two goal a two goal lead away this time. But let's say it goes L L L in the cup with a not too easy game uh up at Wigan the following Saturday. Again, who wants to be a manager? The pressure starts mounting, doesn't it? Even at this early stage of the season. Yeah. Well, that's that's his job um, to a cope with that pressure, and b come up with the solutions. This I, I rarely disagree with what Pearson says after a game. Very rarely do do I does he he's not one of these managers that comes out and says, "Oh, how, how great it was." And I've listened to him, listened to a lot of what he said after the game. Okay, it was an in-house interview, the club one. Um, and I didn't disagree with anything he said because he said we lost control of the game in the second half. We got sloppy. Our passing was sloppy. Um, overall, there's some good things to take out the game, but we needed to control it a lot better in the second half and, and put them under more pressure, which is exactly what I've said and you've said. So yeah. I don't, you know, I don't disagree with it, but but where sometimes I part with, you know, I, I can't become a member of the cult of Nige. Um <laughs> Is is um, whilst I'm not exactly in the same boat as is Mark Carter, who who, oh. who 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 is very critical of him, but Mark states a lot of facts and they're true about number of games he's won and all the rest of it. But Nigel gets paid an awful lot of money to solve it, to solve the issues, and if he if he solves the issues, fantastic. I'll be the first one chanting. There's only one Nigel Pearson if we're in the playoffs or whatever. So, you know, uh, and that's not a question of being two-faced. That's a question of reflecting the reality of what's happening. And and we need to to be, you know, somebody said to me, I think it was you said to me, well, would you be happy with a 12th place finish? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be content. I wouldn't be happy. Because I think you come into any league and you try and win it. Now, mm. all the rules change if you go up in the Premier League. right? If somebody said to me, right, you're going in the Premier League next season, Ian. You've got all the money and all the rest of it. Would you be happy to just stay in that division like Bournemouth did, like Burnley did? And others. Yeah. And yeah. others. The answer to that would be a resounding yes. yes. Yeah. Absolutely, I'd be happy. In fact, I'd be bloody delirious in doing backflips down Winterstoke Road. Mm. But we, we need to be... But realistically, Sunderland have spent a long time in the third division. They haven't spent a fortune and they're coming to Ashton Gate next Saturday. And that's a game that we should win. Yeah, no, you're right. 100% so, right. So let's not have any of this all. We'll have to see what they do. And no, but there's we... a general groundswell. And we, I, I, I've gone with the flow on that. There's a general groundswell of acceptance that progress is finishing 12th. Now, it doesn't. this is our eighth season. I couldn't remember the number when I was chatting yesterday. This is our eighth season in the division. And whatever you say about Lee Johnson, all right, his first season, he all, it was still progress, even though we almost went down. But every other season after, well, I think the next three or the next two, definitely, we improved. And we would have done even better had we not had that second half of the season collapse in 18 and in 19, to be fair. But uh, let me uh, just, just uh, one other topic I want to discuss before we wrap up. Uh, Ian, uh, Mark, sorry. Um, 
you know, it's it's we 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 got to beat Sunderland, and it's happy days, really, isn't it? Yeah, then we can go to Coventry for the cup game, you know, maybe change the side a little bit, but you know, Sunderland must win is not the word, but ought to win a better description. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that what's come out of today it was you know the first half hour showed how, how well City could play, defend well, good shape. You know, players players making 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 runs, putting the other team on the back foot. But it's been able to make that that progression, to you know to score the second goal, and then you really you really make you know we really make it hard make it hard for the other team. We're just not able to do that. We seem to hit a brick wall. It's like it's like you know lead, leading a race when you you know you you you're, you know somebody was a pace, you know a pace setter in a race you know when you used to see those things with Cohen Ovet somebody would go to the front but you knew they get caught up yeah after a while and we just yeah. fade and fade and fade and you can't do that no if you do you make you make changes otherwise there's an issue there so there's definitely an issue in mid in midfield there's yeah. still still lots to, to, lots of good. We know we're missing our, our best yeah. player in Semenyo for six weeks, so we got to we got to fill fill in fill, fill you know cope with that problem. But we've really got to make that step up when we're in control of a game. Make that step up and yeah. and go go forward and not just grind to a halt. We yeah, and we're still. I think we're still too nice. I mean, they had eleven fouls they were, they against our five. They were, they, you know, they were aggressive. They, they, and the referee let them. And the referee let them get. Yeah. The referee let them get away with it. All right, Mark. Uh, Mark, let me stick with you on this. I mean, it's a big game tomorrow, five o'clock kickoff, England versus West Germany. But it's the uh, women's football. Uh, do you think England ladies will go a step further than their men's counterparts? You know, they're more enterprising style of play than ever. Gareth Southgate would uh, operate. But uh, what are your thoughts? I'm assuming you'll be watching the game tomorrow. But do you think they can do it? Yeah, because of one person who's made a huge difference, and that's Serena Veeman, the manager. She's been well, in her sixty-seven pound Marks and Spencer's blazer. That I was yeah. uh, well, reading she's done about. It, you know, she's today. done it. She's done it with the Dutch when they were, you know, down on the luck. Took them to a, took them to the championships, win and a World Cup final defeat to the USA. You know, we 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 looked done against against Spain, and we we you know we we ground out a win there and destroyed the Swedes. It'll be tough against Germany, but two one to England. We're good. We know we're going to bring it home. All right, that sounds good. Uh, Mark, do you, I'm sorry, Ian, do you have uh, similar optimism for the ladies tomorrow evening against uh, our regular enemy, the Germans? Um, well, Veeman's turnaround of the England team has been nothing but tremendous. Um, I saw the game against Spain. Uh, that was a tight one. Then the one against Sweden. Um, that was that was decent. Although I mean, the Swedish keeper threw two in the net. Um, I would my predict if you ask me for a prediction. Obviously, as, a, as an Englishman, uh, I want England to win. I don't care if we're playing Tiddlywinks it versus Scotland at Arbroath at three o'clock in the morning. I want us to win. Um, I'm sorry, but I think it's going to be a two-all draw. And we'll lose, and we'll lose on penalties. Uh, do you know what? I was just thinking that myself. Ian, Mark, thanks for your contribution this afternoon. It was a bit of a slog with a technical glitch right in the middle of it, but it was still a good bit of fun. It's a shame we lost the game. It was down to the referee, really. It really, really was, and a lucky deflection. We did do well for the opening half. 
Ian Mark, thank you. And everybody who's listened this evening, thank you for your support. We're going to sail through 90,000 downloads before the end of uh, this month. We've had over 1,500 downloads for the previews that we did with uh, Gary um, Gary Hours. Thanks to Gary, Chris Honor, uh, Richard Latham, and um, Gregor as well. That's been good fun. Uh, but everybody, have uh, a great weekend. God bless you. All the best. Cheers now. Bye bye. God bless everybody. Bye. I always feel happy, as happy as a king when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Richard Robbins out ba-ba-bobbin' along When Richard Robbins come ba-ba-bobbin' along Along There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead, get up Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours, I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song, when the red, red robin starts bobbing along.